Welcome to Faith, Love, and Therapy, a podcast to encourage and inspire. I am Jamie Johnson, your host, a clinical social worker working in the field of mental health for the last 10 years. I believe this podcast is God-led and God-inspired. Thank you for joining me as we continue to peel back the layers of mental health from a faith perspective. So just a few things, um, new location, as you see, different uh, table, different setup. Um, shout out to Awesome Focus Productions as um, he is and continues to be um, the best at recording my podcast, editing my podcast, and now a studio to have me record my podcast. So I'm grateful. And again, that's Awesome Focus uh, Production. And we're just so excited to be in a new space. Um, also in front of me, a new, I guess, adventure, I don't know, a new product. I am, uh, recently just released the journals. I often talk about journaling and I want y'all to journal. This is not a, um, workbook yet. I'm working on that, but I have journals so that you can begin to work with me as we talk about different topics. And when I say journal this, you can pull out your faith, love and therapy journal. You can get them on amazon.com. They are available, um, just put in faith, love, and therapy. You can also put in my name and they will pop up. There's uh, both selections are available and they're cost effective. They're not expensive. So um, I appreciate your support in advance. Also, are you following me? Are you following me on Instagram at faith, love, and therapy podcast? Follow me on Instagram so that we can have a conversation so we can uh, chat about what's going on, topics that you want to hear Uh, me cover and also just follow what's going on with faith, love and therapy and what's coming up next. So I'm excited. I am excited. I'm excited for this new year. It's been a little while, but I am back and I'm excited for what is coming. Um, So today I would like to really start, I guess what I would call a little series, a mini series on mindset. And we're going to talk about a couple of different um, issues, I would say, or concerns or even Um, things that have come up recently in uh, the media in regards to our mindset. And so um, many of you uh, have seen the recent, I guess, several celebrities that have been, um, that have died by suicide. So if we talk about um, Miss Shalise, I think her last name is pronounced Christ. um, And she was um, 30 years old, Miss Universe, who died by suicide not too long ago. And we read um, and we also saw on the news her um, her life seemed very beautiful and wonderful. I mean, she was accomplished. She um, was an advocate for social justice. She had, was a triple competitor in, in, in holding different titles. Um, she was the winner that year that Miss Universe, Miss World, and Miss Teen were all women of color. And so um, she even went on to to create some, um, some online things as well as like Emmy nominated TV. She was a TV correspondent. She had a lot going on for her. And, uh, recently her mother shared that she was dealing with high functioning depression. And, um, it is something that is very common and kind of gets dismissed. And I want to talk about that a little, a little bit today because not shortly, shortly after that, I think it was Ian Alexander who was, um, Regina King's son, her only child, her only son, um, who died by suicide as well. And he was only 26. And if you follow him, um, very creative, like a musician, he was successful from our view, from what we saw. 
um, both of these people very successful in their careers, doing great things, producing, accomplishing major things, um, and would seem to be happy, would seem to be having a life that most of us would would want to have or experience. And um, so when we look at the topic of, of high-functioning depression, there's something that, like, that I consistently see in clients, but also I see in individuals that we read about that have died by suicide. And, and that is, um, that is really the issue of how they define success and how they're viewing success and that pursuit that for some could be unhealthy, but that pursuit of success, um, is something that we all need to really look at and unpack. Um, when we think about defining success, from a Christian perspective, our definition of success has to be different from what the world says success is. Um, I was recently reading a book called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship by Peter, I think his last name is pronounced Shazero. A phenomenal book. I'm not finished with it yet, but already um, the stuff that I've read in there just about how to be emotionally healthy from a um, Christian perspective, but also as a leader in the Christian community, powerful, powerful stuff. If you have the opportunity to get the book, please do. But he said um, that we have to look at success as being able to become who God has called us to be in God's timing. And so it can't be necessarily, or it can't be the things that we see in the world, which is, you know, the accomplishments, the degrees, the status. If we, if we lend ourselves or we focus on those areas, we often um, struggle. We're always striving to get to the next goal. We're striving to meet the next um, accomplishment. We're striving to um, get to the next dollar sign. We are always striving for something. And so if we are defining success from a, a biblical perspective or a Christian perspective, that has to be with a focus on who God is calling us to be. And so I'm not saying... I don't know the lives of Ian um, or Shalise. I, I don't know their lives, their personal lives. So I'm not speaking to their faith or I'm not speaking to their uh, belief in how they define success. But it is something that I think is important and needs to be talked about um, because we have to unravel that that definition. We have to unravel that perspective. And one of the things that I think is incredibly important, and you've heard me talk about it before, if you've heard other episodes, um, or if you've been my client, is uh, the issue of being versus doing. And so there's such an emphasis in our society on doing. Um, like I said, the accomplishments, the degrees, the status. Um, and if we're, if we're really honest, the church isn't doing any better. The church is not doing any better when it comes to this topic because we become so focused on doing for God that we forget about being with God. We are so consumed about what we can accomplish or the, the uh, role that we have, um, the position that we have in the church, the perceived power that we have in the church for some. We're so um, focused on serving on committees and having these programs and having these completing these tasks within the church that we have lost the art uh, and the understanding of how important it is just to be with the father. So it, you know, we really have to look at that Martha and, and Mary lesson. Um, it really needs to penetrate the mind of God's people. When we think of the story of Mary and Martha, you know, one is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to what he has to say 
And that's Mary. And Martha is working. You know, she's doing the stuff. She's getting stuff ready. She's preparing, you know, for people to come. She is doing. And um, she gets upset because Mary is just really sitting with with the father, just listening to him. And she even in a way, you know, complains and kind of says, well, God, you know, she needs to help me out. Why isn't she working? Like, I, this is not right. And, and basically the father says, she's doing it right. She's focused on what's most important and that's being with me. That's not necessarily, that's not doing. And we are so consumed. We're such a um, productivity driven society that we lose the ability to be silent, the ability to sit with God, the ability to rest. I mean, resting for us has become like a four letter word. It is, but it is, oh, it is a four letter word. A four letter cuss word, um, but it, but it is, um, it is not. It, it's it's something that we absolutely need, and so I wanted to talk about you know a little bit how can we move from an emphasis of being of folk, an emphasis on doing to an emphasis on being, and and a few of the things that I thought of. Um, one point I think from a spiritual perspective, prioritizing God's presence over His provision. If you think and just assess your prayer life right now, your conversations with God, um, the majority of what we talk about is God, will you do? God, can I have? God, will you make it happen? Um, and our hand is extended. We are looking for his provision. We're looking for what he can, what he will give us. And, and part of our inheritance is that the father will give us things. It's not it, the father will provide for us. That's a given. But what he desires from us is a relationship and in order to develop that relationship, we have to get comfortable with being in his presence. We have to be comfortable with starting our our day with not seeking something from God, but sitting with God, being able to be comfortable with not always asking for something to change or him to do something or him to move, but just to be with him. When you think about the best relationship that you have, the most intimate relationship that you desire to have, you want to be able to sit with that person and not have to say a word, but still feel comfortable. And that's where it starts, you know, with our relationship with God. Can you sit with him and not ask him for anything? Can you sit with him and be okay? And I hear you because I struggle at times too, because then my mind starts racing like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And oh, let me get up and if it starts with three minutes, sit three minutes and, and focus on God in those three minutes, um, not seeking anything from him, but just desiring for him to be near you and you to be near him spiritually. So that's the first thing I would say is that prioritize his presence over his provision. The second thing I would say is be able to be honest about how um, your past has impacted your mindset and how our, how, you know, what we believe about ourselves. Understand what you value and why you value it. And I say that because our past trains us in a way to value productivity. When you think about, um, and, I, and I'm a black woman, so I can only talk about the black community because that's where I, you know, that's what I'm from. But there is this, um, we often talk about how on, on Saturday mornings, like there was the routine of getting up and the music will start playing and you got a list, get your stuff done, get your chores done. Um, and so there was such an emphasis on this routine that sometimes there are some people that if they're not in a similar routine, they feel anxious. 
if they're not moving, if they're not getting things done, if they're not busy, there's anxiety coming in there and they're feeling somewhat uh, out of place or um, um, frustrated. So there is such, uh, there's an importance in looking at why you value what you value and how it's impacting your mindset because our mindset is, is dictating our behavior. The third thing I would say is we need to assess the state of our mind. Is there something going on with us that is causing our mood to shift? Is there something that's going on um, that's causing us to feel differently um, about ourselves that we can't just sit with ourselves, that we can't be comfortable in the being, but we have to be busy doing. Um, and part of that assessment is being honest. And, and I will say that's where therapy is beneficial because being able to sit with somebody as you explore the things that are in your mind and the patterns in the, in the past and um, allows you to have a non-biased opinion from someone who is trained to look at what you're doing, what you're saying, um, and maybe help you make the, the proper adjustments. It could also mean that they're going to identify some, some chemical imbalances and some things that uh, may require medication. So be willing to assess your state of mind, ask for help um, through therapy and assessing your mind. And just, you know, just to cover a little bit um, about high functioning depression. So you have a good picture of that um, before I wrap up. So one of the things, there's such a misconception about depression um, and that you can kind of just snap out of it and that um, like something happened to cause you to feel depressed. That's, that's generally the dialogue that most people um, think. And I'm not saying that that doesn't occur, but that is not, um, that is not something you can just snap out of. And when you're clinically depressed, you feel sad or hopeless and there doesn't have to be an external reason. There's no external reason. You can wake up that way. Um, depression can be more of a, sometimes a low grade chronic unhappiness with your life. And it could also be an intense feeling of hopelessness and negative negativity, um, negative thoughts about yourself and about your life. So my concern or a lot of, one of the concerns that many therapists have is that there's this mistaken belief about depression and it's, um, state of mind that you can just control it by positive thinking. Positive thinking is important, but clinical depression is not shifted or eliminated just by clinical, just by positive thinking. There need to be um, interventions that will address the client's um, or your specific needs. And that could include medication. Um, so depression is a medical condition you know, there's, there's a chemical influence, there's biological, there's environmental, structural, um, there's an imbalance that impacts your mood. And so there, there could be many contributing factors to depression and we don't want to dismiss any of them. High functioning depression is often dismissed because of the, because of individuals able ability, I'm sorry, to continue to push, um, I want you to, in that assessment process to be able to look, you know, what is going on with you? Look at your symptoms, look at what you're feeling and just a few things to identify or to uh, take us uh, inventory of that could mean that you're dealing with high functioning depression um, would be like bouts of insomnia or even sleeping too much, feelings of hopelessness, like lack or lowered self-esteem, always feeling like you have no energy, 
like consistently, consistently, not like you are, are busy, but even when you're not busy, you feel like you don't have any energy. Um, difficulty making firm decisions. Also, people around you may describe you like they may think that you're gloomy or you're um, a downer or you, you can't see the silver lining to anything. There may be, um, you may be described as lazy because they think you aren't willing to do anything, but you just have difficulty um, mustering up the energy. It can also be um, hard for you to feel good about yourself if you're dealing with high functioning depression. And you may see fluctuations in weight. You may see, uh, you may have crying spells for no reason, um, but you perform fine. You may perform fine at school. You may perform fine at work. There may be subtle differences that like your family or closest friends will notice. But other than that, your external activity does not seem to be phased by depression. So um, those could be signs that you're dealing with high functioning depression. And initially, when you get in therapy, we encourage a few simple things to start with, like movement, um, really looking at what you're eating, getting your rest, and even getting some sun. So we start with the simple and move out um, and expand. But I want you to take inventory. I want you to really think about this topic because high functioning depression is incredibly, incredibly common. And for many, um, it's so dismissed that they get lost in their hopelessness. And so we've seen several people so recently, um, in the last couple of months, we've seen so many people die by suicide. And so I want you to be aware, and I'm hoping this, this particular podcast and this episode helped to bring a little bit more knowledge to high functioning depression. If you are struggling with depression or thoughts of suicide, please look online. You can call any suicide hotline, contact your local hospital. We need you. You are valuable. I thank you again for joining me on this episode of Faith, Love, and Therapy, and I'll see you next time.